0: Hello, I'm Victoria Carey, Graziers Editorial Director. One of my favourite things in the magazine is Maggie McKellar's column, and I'm delighted to tell you that it is now also our latest podcast. Welcome to The Farm Diaries, a new her podcast sponsored by Blundstone.
1: The Farm Diaries. Spring comes quietly here Every year I counsel myself to have patience And even as I watch the clematis vine outside my study window grow fat Even as the line of silver birches leading to the creek flush softly to the palest green Even as the willows and poplars, the apple trees and nectarine, The cherry and prunus swell Even as the signs of spring are all around Still it does not happen fast enough The swallows return, the echidnas are on the move, the frogs sing, the soil warms slowly, and though the light lengthens, the cold is still strong. Spring, the season of potence, the rush of new life runs beside the threat of death. Some days the victories, the sight of a ewe mothering just-born twins, outweigh the defeats of finding a ewe too late to save. From a lamb who had come head first. Other days I wonder, what is the point of attempting to interfere with the march of life and death? Why not just step back, let the weak die and the strong grab life? The paddock behind the house is full of my inability to resist interfering in the pageant of life. It's a beautiful paddock fringed by 80 year old cypress trees which create a thick windbreak The motley mob who live there are all survivors, and each of them has a story. There's the patriarch, Lammy, with his broken horn. He's a terrible-looking sheep, and Jay refuses to believe he is one of ours. He is ten this year, and there is no item of food he will not try. He has a particular weakness for Monte Carlo biscuits. He'd been dropped at our back door by a tourist who had picked him up off the road as a tiny lamb. He copped a glancing blow from a car and his front leg hung useless from his his shoulder. After the tourists left, Jay looked at me and said, ''Bugger, now I'll have to knock him on the head.'' This was early on in our relationship and he had yet to learn the links I was happy to go to for the hopeless cases. Lammy survived and thrived. He's joined by an enormously portly crossbed-bred weather who is worth his weight in gold for the fact that he will let anyone feed and pet him, making him priceless for the farmstay guests we've hosted over the years. He was the result of a next-door neighbour's ram getting in with our mob of ewes. Please imagine the fireworks this discovery produced in Jay. His mother was obviously indignant at finding herself having to give birth in the middle of winter, for she left him by the gatepost, and Jay, despite the the fireworks, is a softy at heart, and couldn't drive past him. Because he was born in July, I was not ready for lambs, and didn't have any powdered colostrum to feed him. I thought he would not survive, but that high-bred figure ensured he never missed a beat. There's also two beautiful big Merino Weathers. They are both potties from one of the worst lambing seasons we'd ever had. One of them had been hit and bowled over by Jay's adolescent work dog, It was some sort of fluke accident and its hind legs became useless. It sucked its bottle twice a day and refused to let this new state of paralysis be an obstacle to life. I would spend 15 minutes, three times a day, holding it up as it learned to walk again. He's now a fully grown sheep, and though he's still a little deformed, he gets around well enough. His mate is a picture of health now. Last year he'd been put in with a mob of freshly weaned lambs a job we often give the potties. But he'd missed out on being jetted after being shorn and I found him, skin and bone struck by flies, his skin thick with maggots. We brought him home and nursed him back to health. He will probably go back out and do another season with the merino lambs, but for now he's enjoying the luxury of the potty paddock. Others in the potty mob, a couple of last season lambs, There's a tiny character in there who must have lost its mother and struggled on stealing drinks from other ewes when the chance presented itself. When the weaned lambs had come in to be crutched, Jay reckoned it had more dags on it than the rest of its body weight. It had been cast and lost an eye to a crow, but it refused to die, and so Jay trenched it and put it out with the potties. When I saw it with the others... I said, it looks like we are going into creating a new breed of baby doll Merinos. He laughed and said, "I just love a sheep that doesn't want to die. The matriarch of this motley mob is an old crossbred ewe called Doris. She's got a dodgy back leg and it is a miracle she ever got a lamb. I first came in contact with her when she lost her lamb and Jay had caught her for me to foster an orphan onto. She resisted the process violently until one morning, about three days into my battle with her to take this lamb, she'd just as fiercely flipped and mothered the lamb as if it had been her own. Since then, she's raised another four lambs, and they are always amongst the biggest of the season. Last year, worried she is now too old to survive another pregnancy, we had pulled her out of the mob before we put the rams in. She should have gone with the other culls, but she'd earned her retirement, so in with the pet she went. Earlier this year she got herself cast and we didn't find her for a couple of days. I wondered whether she would make it back to full strength. After all, she must be about 11 years old. But she was determined, and after a few weeks in the sheep yards with Jay and I taking it in turns to stand her up every time she went down, she was finally strong enough to go back in with her mob. Now she comes at a stiff-legged gallop when I appear at the gate with a bucket of pellets. I wonder what new stories this spring will bring into my life. The vast majority of our mob are anonymous. They only really become individuals if they meet some misfortune and even then, most of the sheep that might require a little bit of extra care will go back to their mob and I rarely will think of them again. It's probably too strong to say I love the motley crew and the stories each of them have but they do give me a good feeling every time I walk up the drive and see them chewing their cuds in the shade of the cypress trees, or grazing in the still white frost. Their presence on the other side of the garden fence keeps me hopeful. Life is not neat. It doesn't always look like a glossy page in a magazine, or a reel on Instagram. I like to think that this motley mob represents life in all its diverse forms. After all, surely it's better to be a survivor than perfect
0: thank you for listening to the farm diaries a grazier podcast voiced by author and columnist maggie mckellar and sponsored by blundstone an australian icon since 1870 Blundstone remains 100% family-owned and Tasmanian-based. Blundstone boots have been a farmer's best friend for generations. Durable, dependable and packed with all-day comfort. The elastic-sided series has proved to be an all-round favourite in the rural sphere and from that, the 600 series was born. Based on their original iconic design, six styles were crafted for rural consumers. The pull-on, kick-off convenience means that a hard day's work can be easily left at the front door. The 600 series is exclusive to the work, safety and rural channels in Australia and New Zealand, offering fresh takes on Blundstone's timeless styles. To view Blundstone 600 series, visit blundstone.com.au